You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Off Tackle with John Fita show. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the host of the show, and I'm here with the man of the hour, the man of every hour at 9 o'clock on Monday nights, John Fina himself, former Buffalo Bill for 10 years, 11-year pro in the NFL. How are you, John? I'm feeling good, right? What do we say? Victory Monday? Victory nice Monday, stuff, is, which is followed by Victory Tuesday and Victory yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> well, I mean, you got beautiful weather in western New York. You got a victory. I think you just you milk everything out of it that you can, right, until the That's next right. contest. That's right. So we are here on the Buffalo Rumblings uh, multicast network, and this will be dropped as a pod on uh, Tuesday morning. We're so excited to have everybody with us as uh, the Buffalo Bills have defeated the Washington football team 43 to 21. 43 is a weird number. 43 is a, I, I said that on my show last night that 43 is a weird number. Somebody did some back research 64 times in 100 years of NFL history have teams scored 43 points to finish a game. There's a stat for everything. That's all that <laughs> There is okay. absolutely a stat for everything. I guess one non two point play or extra point and you're there. You just got to score enough field goals and touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, you know, you said we, uh, we demoralized the, uh, the Washington football club. I mm. mean, just absolutely. It was demoralizing. And as a fan and you're watching the game, how cool is it? What, what, like when you see, you know, you asked me yesterday, like what's, what's going through Chase Young's mind right now. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I mean, part of it is like, geez, we're, we're still freaking 14 games for me packing my truck and driving home. <laughs> yeah. Know? That was the middle of the third quarter after the first drop by, well, not the first, but one of several drops in that second half uh, by a wide receiver. And they just shot to chase young. And I asked you, I was like, as a former NFL player, the offense is playing great, but the defense just doesn't have it. Like, and you're getting throttled like, or thrushed. I'm, throttled? I'm, throttled is the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> like what is going through your mind at that point? And that was what you were just talking about. What were you about to say? Well, I was just saying, uh, you know, as a fan, you know, you, you look at it and you have, there's a little bit of schadenfreude, right? You feel, mm. you feel good when somebody else is feeling bad, you know, the celebration of someone else's demise, but 
you know, I, I keep, you know, I was listening to some of the radio this morning and people just keep referring back to, we know, I don't care what the Texans are going through. We did it for freaking 18 years here in Buffalo. So, <laughs> That's right. you know, That's right. we're, we're finally enjoying the fruits of great management and uh, wonderful culture and great play. So, yeah. I mean, to well, to wrap well, what up, do you think was going through Chase Young's mind right now? I would tell you this. So as I was on Twitter today and watching just different replays, I saw a replay of Josh Allen's touchdown run where he drops back, looks to his left. He's going through his progressions. Nothing's there. Chase Young kind of breaks free. So it flushes Josh out to his right. Josh takes his two or three, four quick step, like, you know, like break away from you. Chase Young gave up literally just gave up like he he just he surrendered his pass rush completely which then if you remember on that play Josh Allen kind of like kind of like jukes the, the the guy that was coming at him and then just come over like Chase could have got him from behind easy but Chase totally just gave up he's like that eh, ain't worth it yeah you know and I think part of what Chase Young's brain must have been trying to process is you know we we rushed four in most of the game because we felt with our our front four like we should be able to get there like we expect to be there we watched the pittsburgh film right we watched the miami film you know this offensive line has got its issues like why can't the four of us i mean look at us right four first round draft choices and there's a frustration there like geez I, i feel like i'm close i feel like i'm getting there and then the cheese is just taken away right you're just not not there right Exactly. And it was, it was a rough day for them. So just as we break, we were, we've already kind of broken into it, but uh, breaking a little more, what were your just overall thoughts versus maybe your expectations for that football game? Cause going into it, you know, when I looked at the schedule, I was like, that could be a tough game, right? Because of their defense. That could yeah, be. I mean, when we, when we talked about it last time, I think everybody would agree. And I think the, the, the bulk of the media really just said this game was about how, how does the, our offensive line handle their front four, which is an impressive group. And that was pretty much the game plan offensively as we have to neutralize these guys with the run, with the play action. Uh, that was my expectation. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. So those of you listening are like, God, he's like a broken record. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's also my parenting style. Um, you know, so they, they did everything they needed to do. And I went back and I looked at the numbers for the running backs. And while they don't pop off the screen, mm-hmm. when we were successful with the run, it was at the right time. And it set up play action. And we, we ran a ton of play action. Yeah, a ton of Defensively, it. Defensively, it was very clear after the amount of pressure we brought in the first really two games. I, I don't know how many defensive plays I haven't counted them where we brought more than four guys, but it couldn't have been more, in, more than three or four. And the plan was, let's make Heineke beat us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wasn't able to do that. He's elusive, so we didn't get any sacks. But I think it was, you know, the, um, the, the biggest thing was when we were rubbing chicken wing grease on the football and their receivers just couldn't, uh, you know, maybe their ranch guys and not blue cheese, they couldn't, they couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, it's interesting because you had made a comment during the game that uh... – the, the, the defensive backs for the Bills are just playing with such incredible confidence right now, and they are. And it, it and you saw that even in Levi Wallace in the Dolphins game when he was breaking on footballs, which is, I would say, it uncharacteristic of kind of the way that he plays. Tredavious White plays that way. He'll leave his man and break on a ball. Like, you'll see him do that a lot, especially from film study. If he sees something he recognizes, watches his guy, watches the guy underneath, is like, oh, I know what's about to happen, and he'll break off his guy. But these guys are just playing with confidence, which allows them to just send those four, right? Uh, which is cool. And uh, the defense to me, Matt Milano was playing like a man on fire. I just cannot believe 
how well he's playing. And I don't know if you've got some thoughts to that as far as what's sparking him. Is it something where he's clean? We hear that a lot as, as football fans. You know, if the linebackers can stay clean. And I think Edmonds didn't stay as clean yesterday. He had a little bit of trouble getting off some blocks. But Milano was clean most of the day. I mean, I don't know if you've got thoughts on Milano's game. Well, I didn't focus on him as much as I did on the front four because that, that you know, my comment will be on that. But I, I have to say that I think this is a really great fit for a guy like Milano, you know, creative guy with incredible football instincts mm-hmm. who's got people behind him who he doesn't have to worry about. You know, do I need to be, do I need to create more depth? Uh, am I worried about whose coverage is going to break down? Or do I feel this pressure that I have to backstop the inside two or the outside end? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel as if he's just, there's so much confidence exuded from behind him as well as in front of him that he gets to just play his game and, and guys develop, you know, and I think they're, they're using him to the best of his abilities and putting him in positions game plan wise and defensive play calling wise, where he's, he's, um, you know, he's really showing his stuff. It's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, I was focusing on the defensive front. And I think this is kind of like a, a, a good thing in a, in a weird way. Like we didn't have any sacks, right? We didn't have even a ton of hits on Heineke. And wow, that kid's really, he's got some escapability. Yep. I mean, you'd, you'd agree. He yep. looked pretty good when he got outside the pocket. Yep. If you If you look, and I was focusing on this quite a bit, the tenacity with which the front four came against what I think is a good offensive line was impressive. There was, you know, I didn't see, I didn't see many plays taken off. Mm-hmm. Um, they were fighting and battling. Uh, and, you know, we were always a step away. There were opportunities to grab Heineke when he was trying to escape the pocket. We didn't get him, but in their mind, you know, now they're just dripping with right. saliva. You right. know, they are, the rabidity doesn't dissipate because they came up with a zero. I think it increases uh, with this group. And we, you know, remember, uh, you know, we had that conversation some time ago just about what that room must be like. You right. Know, the competitive nature of it. The fact that everybody virtually gets to play fresh. No, I think no defensive lineman pays, plays more than 66 of the plays yeah and some of them are in the 40s 49 48 and I, I talked about that yesterday in the over overreaction show just that there's guys quality nfl players that can't get on the field they're inactive on sundays when you're talking about fa obata harrison phillips so we and, talked about and the, uh, and you know boogie basham and boogie right who's a rookie right which it's probably not necessarily a bad thing that he's gonna, gonna sit his rookie year and kind of learn a little bit from these guys are you concerned about a little bit of the, I was going to, I was going to ask a different question. I've noticed a little bit of an absence from Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes is as much as Jerry Hughes has traditionally been that pusher guy, the pressure guy, the guy that's the guy, the, his hair is on fire playing like his hair is on fire. Jerry's been kind of quiet this year. I haven't seen a lot. I haven't heard his name a lot. I don't know that I've, I don't remember him standing out to me yesterday. I'm not saying it's bad. I, and I'm not, I, you were with me. I don't no, know. I, I, I understand what you're saying. We didn't, talk, we, we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. So I'm not, I don't think you were watching for him either, but it was you know, a, and don't take this, don't anybody take this the wrong way, but sometimes you're a cog in the wheel and you're right. performing your job. It's just not flashy and beautiful and fun to look at. You know, it's nice when Jerry Hughes gets, you know, a sack and a half per game, mm. but his contributions and, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to go back and, and watch it. You know, it's like, I think Sal Capaccio said this, you know, you, even if you're at practice, you can't see everybody. You can't right. see everything. And if we were going to break down every position, you know, you'd have to watch the game like two or three times yeah, at, yeah, yeah, min- sure. at a minimum. 
Yeah. But I think, you know, in the, in the entirety of it, the fact that he played 66 plays and may not have, you know, produced statistically doesn't mean that he wasn't incredibly integral in the success of the defense, which aside from what would you say, like a, a bad field position, like we got to work on our hands team, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then uh, just a fluke 73, 76, 73 yard play. Yeah, somewhere around there. That was painful. I felt, did you feel like when we were watching that, if that play was never going to end? It was, it seemed like it was in slow motion. Yes, for sure. And, and, it definitely wasn't a situation like we saw with the kick return and I and we saw the replay for the Jaguars where the 109 yard one and it looked like uh I forget who they were playing uh crap it forget escapes he didn't want to tackle him oh the the Cardinals it looked like the Cardinals players like were disinterested like the Bills were I could like it it seemed like they were over pursuing a little bit they wanted to get to him but yeah that that play definitely happened in slow motion as far as expectations for me for this game defensively I expected okay. the Bills to do well. I mean, I was a little bit concerned about McLaurin. I was a little bit concerned about Gibson. Um, I wasn't concerned about Heineke at all. To me, he's a serviceable player, game manager. He's better than the guy we're going to see this week. Davis Stills, right? Is that his name? Is not going to be in his ca caliber. Is it Mills or Stills? Davis, whatever, the quarterback for the Texans. Um, but I was surprised at the fact that they didn't get home which then led me to in my own thoughts and the, and the conversation I think we may have even had were they, was that the game plan was the game plan to kind of keep him corralled and not allow him to escape almost what we saw teams do against us with Tyrod Taylor. They would try to keep Tyrod in the pocket. They didn't want him to break free and to allow, Hey, look, if you're going to beat us, you're either going to beat us on the ground, which they couldn't do other than that. Well, that was a pass play was uh, a pass, to, right. yeah, to Gibson, uh, but it's a glorified run. It was a screen, but it's a pass play. Um, but it, you're going to beat us on the ground or you're going to beat us in the pocket. And clearly he was unable to do so. We saw him hold the ball. We saw him make some poor decisions from the pocket. Where are you on that idea, that concept that they weren't trying to necessarily harass the heck out of him? They were just trying to be around him. Well, and that's the case. I mean, just by virtue of the fact that they brought four almost all the time. Mm -hmm. I think your insights are good. They, they basically said, we're going to make three guys beat us. One's the quarterback, and he has to get it to the other guy who's McLaurin. 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 McLaurin, yeah. And then in the running back. And, you know, even despite the results of the Pittsburgh game, and I, I want to put that behind me, you know, I keep we keep talking about it because it's still a little bit fresh. You know, but we need to forget that game. We need to just put it in the bank. There were a couple of anomalies that happened in the game, just like the, the what, 60-yard onside kick that right. <laughs> McKenzie experienced, which no fault of his own. Uh, I think really? if he would have he would have thought, I should have attacked that a little bit harder. Okay. No, I think the wind knocked it down. Gotcha. And, and, you know, coming from a guy who's tried to field a punt a few times, uh, <laughs> Highest admiration, highest admiration for for returners. It is awful. So I've I've seen no I've seen no post game stuff about that play. So I haven't seen any questions for uh for the uh the 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 uh, Washington football team yesterday, just as far as if that was intentional. Were they was it a play that they had, in, or if or if it was just the wind, he kicked it up and the wind just dropped it down. I thought it was intentional, and for well, me. You heard me on the couch yelling, that's a free ball. That's a free, yeah. like before it hit the ground, I'm yelling, that's a free ball. I was talking to Daryl last night, Daryl Talley, and he said, man, that thing went up and then all of a sudden it just fell out of the sky. Gotcha. So maybe uh, in the wind. And then, uh, I was having dinner with some other friends and they said the same thing. They said, well, you know, our expectation was that ball was going to go at least to the, you know, five, five yard line. Right. And it just hung up. I, th I blame all my golf shots on the wind, you know, when I don't hit the green. Oh, the wind up there must be terrible. Yeah, the wind blowing that sideways. You, you don't me. know it because the tree is really 30 feet high. But, man, I hit the ball like 
800 feet in the air and there's a lot of wind up there the swirling the swirling wind <laughs> yeah and i guess you know when you consider like you know a lot of people say oh well luck counts i say yeah good luck and bad luck counts you know and yeah, you just never know when it comes but you know when we talk about reactions to the game and we talked about this a little bit yesterday starting fast you know we got that first touchdown remember mm -hmm. yeah, what i say to you what i say to you i don't remember uh, I'm glad I'm having an impact on your life. <laughs> I said, what's the percentage of teams that win when they That's score? That's what it was. Yep. Right? I, think, I said, it, I think it's in the 80s is what I remember somebody saying. Yeah, I would have guessed it was in the middle high 70s. But when you when you score and you score convincingly like that, I, it just bodes well for our team, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I think our team runs on a, on a degree of confidence and excitement and camaraderie. And... Uh, it tends to grow and and continue to flourish when you start fast. And mm -hmm. well, I mean, every coach like the the goal is to score on your first drive. Yeah. Right. But when you score convincingly and you know beautifully on your first drive, it, it, and especially playing at home, it I think it mattered. What, what's your take? I, I thought that to me was the biggest key to to putting these guys away early. Yeah, I said yeah. For for me, it was very much that first. I mean, I stood up from the couch uh, on that first third and long, and I said out loud, "The Bills have this play. Josh has got this play." And they he th he threw that bullet to Davis for twenty three yards to, for that first down. And for me, that was when I knew that, that today was going to be different. I was like, "Oh, it's going to be different today." It, it, he there was just a command in that throw for Josh, and he drilled. I think he drilled Davis for like right between the numbers. Um, and it very much looked like us getting back that confidence that we had as fans that third and whatever, Josh has this play. He's going to make whatever play he needs to. Um, but st scoring early in the fashion that they did, you, you watched that breakdown. I, did you watch that breakdown I sent you? The, 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 he's not a comedian, but the dude that does like the parody breakdowns. Man, I never got to it, but I'm. You, I'm you need watch. to watch it because it's freaking hysterical. It's about that play. I can't. I can't play it here because this is a family show. And oh, it's a family show. <laughs> there's some f bombs in it and stuff like that, but uh, it's it's absolutely hilarious. But no, it was obvious to me, which we can talk about the expectations and what our thoughts about the offense. You know, I didn't know what to expect from the offense based on what we saw right from the Steelers game, from the Miami game. They talked about in the post game presser yesterday a lot, just as far as like you know the the players did. Beasley and and was talking about it, just like you win by thirty five points and you're kind of unsettled, like leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Which you know, five touchdowns, you won by five touchdowns, thirty five nothing, and you're unsettled. So I was a little concerned on what we were going to see. Obviously, that defensive line on the Washington Redskins is is stellar. All first round draft picks, we know. And I kept saying that it was Jonathan Allen yesterday, and it wasn't. Cody Ford was having challenges with Darren Payne. So 94 was Darren Payne. Josh, uh, Jonathan Allen was on the other side of him. But uh, they blew away my expectations. Like, I, I would have been happy if we got out of the game 21-17. You know what I mean? Like, like three touchdowns, maybe two in the air, one on the ground, or even if it's a fluky touchdown. And the Bills just came out hot. They just throttled them. Yeah, they did. And, you know, a couple of things that, uh, obviously, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders had a brilliant game. Uh, Cole Beasley. And I, I just enjoyed kind of sitting back and, and being able to watch Cole Beasley's routes, you know, mm. when I, I was looking at it, you know, there's something that they always say, Oh, you know, you find an open space, but it's what he does when he comes out of his break and he's, mm. you know, his eyes are up and he sees where the defenders are and he literally will just slow down to the point where he only gains like two or three more yards. But if he takes two more steps, he puts the next DB into play. It's really beautiful the way he does it. 
going back, like, what, what do you know? I guess we could transition now to like what went well. What well, we we did the what went well. I think by and large. I mean, you probably have a couple more. I do. Lynn, let's hear it. Tell me, what do you think? What else? There, there was just, we didn't talk about Josh Allen really. I mean, we we kind of touched on his day, but there was a uh, you you asked me about like that first drive and what it looked like, and we've seen times with this Bills offense where you know they they'll come out hot i think of the rams game last year i think of the first six games where they had trouble in the vaunted third quarter and like the offense would just stall out there was not only did they come into the third quarter and go right down the field uh they had very little trouble in my opinion outside of that one fourth down stop the pass to devin singletary that was in the first quarter they had very little trouble getting in the end zone scoring kind of at will kind of at the, as they wanted to but more so than that i believe it was after the last interception uh, off of Heineke, they came out and they put their their heel on the neck of the, of the Washington football team. They were like, "No, no, we're not going to let you off the mat. We're gonna, we're gonna." And they went right back down the field again. To me, that's the stuff I like to see. And I know that college is different from the pros, and this might be something you can speak to because you played in the co- in college and you played in the pros. And there was always that in college. It's like it, you're, you're not only you're playing the opponent, but you're also playing. Uh, you know, the, the people that are ranking you. So we got to score as many points as we possibly can. Whereas in the NFL, other than Bill Belichick, it always was kind of a gentleman's game, right? So if we're up by two possessions and there's five minutes left or six minutes left, we're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the clock out. Obviously, like I said, Belichick for years didn't do that to the Bills. He would put 50 on us every time he could and just destroy us. Um, <laughs> but it, I want to, I don't want to, I don't need to see us put 60 up. We could have put a 50 burger on them yesterday. I don't want to, I don't need to see that. But I did like to see the energy from the offense that, you know what, we're not done and this game isn't over. So you better bring it because we're going to bring it to you. Well, I, I, I like that too. I think, you know, we're all grown men here. Um, we have this issue at my kids' high school. You know, we destroy teams, and then we put our second group in, and they still destroy them, and then we get, you know, evil looks from people. Look, it's just a game, you know, right. and I keep going back to that. You, you know, you don't want us to beat you by 35 points. Then just play better. You know, stop <laughs> us. You know, we're not obligated to be concerned about your feelings. Right. Um, you know, I, I thought that Josh played pretty well. You know, what I think it was 31 of 41. I thought he had probably two throws that I thought could have been placed a little bit better. And then you say, well, there's a lot of wind, right? Uh, and that had an effect, it had an effect on a kickoff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think by and large, there's really not a lot to be concerned about. What, what I what, what I was happy to see, and, and I saw Daryl Williams do it yesterday, and he had his hands full. I mean, Chase Young is a, is a real football player. And there were many, many occasions. It reminded me when I played for the Bills in the old Kagon offense, you know, we laughed. We laughed at ourselves in like pity because it was five guys against whatever they brought. That's just right. the way we ran our offense, you know, and nobody felt bad for us except us. You know, we got guys pinning their ears back. And that was the situation that the offensive line was was stuck with yesterday. Mm-hmm. Daryl Williams had one-on-one matchups with Chase Young all night long. Yep. yep. And you know, he got, you, you could say he got, like if I were he, I'd say, yeah, he beat me on that play, but I recovered enough and the quarterback did his part of the job, which is to maneuver in the pocket. If you're only getting beaten by one guy and you're not getting beat like that, mm. then it's your job to help me. I need your help. And aside from a couple of plays, it was a great test for our tackles. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess, was it pain that was lined up on Cody Ford? Cody, Cody's got some issues. And uh, Brandon Bean or, or Coach McDermott actually said, we still need to continue, still need to prove on the offensive line. 
And I think that's true. But this test with so much, mm. you know, four wides, five wides, and solo blocking and drop back was, was that's a challenge against a group like that. And I think they fared well. And I think it was a little bit of a confidence builder. Yeah. What was, you were talking to me yesterday just about technique and how technique helps you. And I asked you a question, just so everybody knows, I asked you a question just about, you know, why is there nobody that pulls a player aside and says, Hey, you know, don't be afraid of doing this or don't be afraid of doing that. Or you are doing this, or you're not doing that. And you said it's hard, obviously from the, from the, from the, from the field level to kind of see what they're doing necessarily, especially if they're out on the opposite side. Um, but break down for a second, just some of those challenges that Cody Ford was having, because it is out there today on Twitter that while the offensive line did play well, that Cody Ford didn't fare too well. He had, I think, uh, he let up 12 pressures and 11 of them were to Darren Payne. Um, and there were many times that he was beaten from the word go. Yeah. Well, so the first part of your question, let's unpack that. You know, I, I, when I coach football, I I get the play and then I run down the sideline because I want to look through the line as much as I can, as if I were sitting in the end zone. And that's how offensive linemen watch film. It's all end zone film. And that's how coaches coach film. So wherever their coach is on the sideline, you know, he may not have the vantage point or he may not be focusing. I mean, I, I, if I were he, I'd be focusing on Cody Ford right now. Mm -hmm. He's struggling and there's, you know, he would admit it too. And if he doesn't, that might even be a bigger problem. (laughs) But, you know, intra-game coaching on technique is a really kind of catch-22 thing to do, right? Because Cody might be inside of his own head right now Mm. and getting out of your head and having people kind of like on the sideline trying to talk to you about hand placement and steps, you know, it could become a a catastrophe. It could be, it just could make it even worse, but there are basics that he needs to go into the film room. And I just hope that, you know, the coach is saying, look, man, you're a guard now and slightly different rules apply. Um, When the guy slides out, you're a little bit more like a tackle, but then tackle rules apply. It seemed like when Payne was lining up really wide on him, he was using almost like um, a tackle set when somebody's four yards outside the ball. And he kept mm-hmm. he kept on the snap of the ball, you know, just starting with his shoulders turned. And that's a big, strong guy who's, you know, you can't stop forward momentum. He And his hand placement needs improvement. And I'm sure he'll see that. And, you know, he, he would agree me, agree with me if I told him in person, but if he sees the podcast and be, man, that guy's a dick. <laughs> I don't think uh, we're going to say anything necessarily disparaging to Cody Ford. There's, like I said, there's already some stuff out there where they're just, it's, it's just not necessarily flattering some of the stuff that they're saying. Um, but I don't, some- don't want to flatter him either. I think, you know, the, the trick is I've played great games mm. and we've lost. And then I've played like, I hope nobody sees this film. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for my family, my deceased grandparents, my ancestors, and you win. And if you, it, that, that's the, the tougher one, right? You know, the, the wins kind of salve all wounds. But if you aren't taking it personally every time you're watching film and, and hyper criticizing your own play down to the minutia, like that should have been a four inch step and not an eight inch step, you know, my right. hand placement. And he, he just looks tentative with his hand placement. And in fact, it's it, the problem with him is it's too much placement, not enough strike. Right. right. Break that down. That's good. Well, I mean, especially on a guy like Payne, who he, he didn't seem to be two dimensional. Right. I mean, he pressed the upfield shoulder every time. So this is my right shoulder. Mm-hmm. And he, he would press that shoulder. So you have to get 
a strike on a guy like that who's coming just one direction. You need to take just the slightest amount of momentum off of him. And there's a difference between me elbow tight, shoving this hand up onto your pads and trying to get to that, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know what angle that is, 60 degree angle extension on your arm and then making sure you fit your outside hand in the proper place. Right. And, you know, that's a strike. But if you're just kind of coming from the outside and you're just kind of playing patty cake, you know, you're not taking anything off of a guy who's huge right. and driving forward. Right. So you, I say hand placement as a visual to where it should be placed, but not how it should be placed. You need to strike and have great hand placement. Gotcha. And he was clearly, I think what I want to ask you is, is now we're kind of breaking down a player position, which is the fun part for me. Um, what is the deterrent outside of, you know, cause I think you, you'd said to me yesterday, like he's, he's, he looks like he's afraid to get his hands on him because he doesn't want his hands swatted away or moved. Well, if that's what happens, so he does it and the player like is adept at knocking his arms off of him or knocking his hands off him. What's the next move? Is it a matter of getting back faster and then letting him crash into you and bot and bear hugging him. And I, I'm literally talking like this because I have no idea. It's like one of those things where, you know, Occam's razor, right? The simplest solution is is often the best solution in the absence right. of extenuating var variables, I guess. Right, right. So Occam's razor says that the, the most success you have as an offensive lineman is striking the inside shoulder first. Or it, that's predominantly the coaching method is in, inside hand, inside shoulder and strike. And when you get away from that, so the, oh, the risk. Okay, so here's the risk. If you typically, you know, when you're playing offensive line, it's shoulders, back, chest up, bowed back, eyes to the sky, pad level beneath the guy in front of you. And you, you it's kind of weird. Like you want to have this ability to strike, but not tip over. Mm -hmm. You don't want to lean. So if some guys have a tendency, if they're a little top heavy, they're not good waist or hip or knee benders, they tend to strike and they come forward too quickly. Now, mm -hmm. when you miss on that, you know, think Warren Sapp, boom, boom, and the acceleration toward the quarterback from there. So there's that fear of getting beat quick, but that fear takes you out of, you know, the number one technique that prevents those situations. So, okay, so now you strike and uh, you, you're in good position and you get a swat or a wave and now your other hand, you know, this hand is off. And then it's a recovery. This this other hand comes up from the inside, and then you you have to you have to sink. Most you know, most people don't, it, it seems kind of weird. Like you don't want to go down because then you get tipped over. But when you sink, you know, your feet yeah. go back and you try to leverage up again. And kind of this sort of physical motion, it's kind of hard to to explain. But you know, you always say like your eyes. You know, you can't get you know, you can't get head over tea kettle, so to speak, right? You gotta yeah. Maintain this equilibrium. And I don't think he's there. And, and, you know, you, people go through slumps, you know, my yeah. son pitches and he throws a bad game. And I said, I want to show you something. And they show him the list of hall of fame MLB pitchers. And I'm like, every one of these guys got shelled. Mm. Every one of these things, every one of these guys got yanked yep. after, you know, two home runs in a row, <laughs> all yep. of them. So, yep. And, and that's my hope. And I, I mean, I'm not here to criticize Cody. I think he's, no. he, he, if he's self-coaching, I, he doesn't need my criticism. I can't crawl on his head and I, I certainly don't know how he's being coached, but the nice thing, and it seems weird to say this, but you know, we got the other three guys in at the end of yeah. the game and those reps matter. They yeah. matter to them personally, professionally. Uh, but it also matters to the team, you know, getting guys in like that.
Did you? Did... Cody better look out because you know he might end up in a situation where he's rotating. Right. Did you see the other uh, the other replay that I sent you of Spencer Long's rep against the same guy, Darren Payne, and when he rolled him? Was he at um, Was he at the tackle position? He was. So I don't know what the handoff necessarily was, but he tried that same kind of move where he tilted his body to go around him, and like Spencer Long just got his hands on him and rolled him right over. Like it was or Spencer is it yeah Spencer Brown my bad yeah yeah just roll I keep I keep calling him Spencer Long so I've got Spencer Long stuck in the brain but yeah just grabbed him by the I think what's that who's Spencer Long Spencer Long used to be he was a he was a offensive lineman for the Buffalo Bills a couple years ago oh that wasn't one of Howie Long's kids (laughs) I I don't think so he had hair and he was a lot bigger than yeah or Howie Long football player I'm thinking Howie uh Mandel my bad wrong Howie wrong wrong Howie the show is out of control (laughs) yeah we're off the rails a little bit but uh if you get a chance to check that rep it was uh which I think that's what you're doing right now it was impressive just to kind of see what he had done uh to the same guy to Darren Payne now obviously from a different position unless they move Darren Payne out to an end spot just for that one rep But uh, yeah, Spencer Brown had no trouble with him at all. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. They talked yesterday in the postgame. This is uh, where I would like to get a little bit of insight as well. They talked in the postgame yesterday to Feliciano and to Deion Dawkins, and they were asking them, well, what was different? And Feliciano was like, nothing (laughs) it's like we just practice and it's like like there was really no information there at all like from the Steelers game to now we're the same people and it's just like you're something's different bro like I'm not buying it (laughs) yeah I'm looking at that play right now and it's you know it's a running play and you know he just got his hand it's a beautiful play by him but what you'll notice if you rewatch it is he he actually skated the line pretty nicely and he stayed parallel along the line and then when he felt like he had a leverage position and a lot of guys don't don't feel this you know you got a great right hand push on that mm. and uh you know sometimes you just get lucky and maybe pain is taking a side um or he's trying to settle down and and he's got a good leverage position i think well i mean we've all agree that spencer brown was a great pick yeah for yeah. sure yeah i'm excited to see him kind of yeah mature other things that went not so well, things that need worked on. I was not happy as much as there was a lot of, for, for me, conversation about, oh, complete team win. Like the, spe- the special teams yesterday were not great. There was uh, Isaiah McKenzie had a long return. It was called back on a hold and it was a legit hold. It wasn't a bad call. And, and we can talk about the refs and how awful they were too. If we want to talk about things that need work because you were screaming 
at the television about hold, holding calls that were not getting called, <laughs> specifically on Taylor Heineke's touchdown run where 76 had a hold of his guy and then released him at, re- released him late. Um, obviously, the, the, the pop-up kickoff that went that came down, it, mental error, coaching error, whatever you want to call it, Isaiah's got to sell out. He's got to have that ball touch his body. Even if it hits him and bounces off of him, it's better than the ball bouncing left and then a player just picking it up and running it in, into the end zone. And then obviously, you know, Tyler Bass kicking the ball out off the field, you know, and getting that penalty on the kickoff, kickoff out of bounds. There's just some work that's got to be done there for me too. There was one other thing too that I can't remember. Isaiah McKenzie, I think, ran in the back of one of his players. It was just a, it was just a little bit, and it, it was fine. We're, we're, I mean, we're yeah. We're, I mean, I don't, I don't grade it a, a, a D. I mean, no, I think it's no. still a C plus. It, I, you know, the, that's an anomaly. The ball falling out of the sky like that, right. and I think it's weird because you're looking at the kick and so much of this matters, right? Like if you thought that they were kicking it high on purpose, then the trajectory of the ball off the tee is going to bring McKenzie up. He's going to react to that. But as the ball comes off the tee, it looks to him as if it's a, that's a long kick. And then all of a sudden it's the speed kind of thing because the ball's still hanging, right? It's just, now it's just doing this faster than it's doing that. Yeah. And you, you know, I, I don't fault him on that one. I mean, I just give that up as like, you know, just a freak accident, so to speak. He would tell you, my guess is that he said, I have to attack the ball. Right, right. And, you know, you can say, well, you need to be in better body language because you might have been flat footed. And then all of a sudden you realize this and it takes you a half a second to go. And that's all he needed was a half a second. Yeah. Tyler Bass kicking the ball out of bounds. If it's high wind, that's a coaching fault, coaching error. Like if the wind is really pushing the ball, you shouldn't be directionally kicking to a corner of the end zone. Right, right. You should be saying, you know, what, middle of the field to your left or straight middle of the field. Yeah. Uh, the winds are high. Yeah, kicking the ball out of bounds in this day and age, I mean, nah. Especially when you, can kick, when you can kick it through the uprights from the 35 or wherever they kick it from. I think for me, what 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 there's a, there's a scar there for me. So if we're going to peel back a layer, I played varsity baseball growing up. And I played uh, left field. I played shortstop. I played second base. And when I would play infield, your coach, because basically that was a pop-up, right? It was a pop-up just beyond shortstop just beyond second base and when i played shortstop and second base i was taught and trained and could do did it in softball too see the ball turn and run without looking and then look back for the ball right and catch it this way and there was one time and this is the scar i was playing left field and that play happened and i was expecting i'm not going to name any names because i remember the shortstop same i was expecting him to to do what i was always taught to do and i didn't attack it and i let the ball drop right at my feet and i was out of the game immediately you know, and that kid is still in therapy, right? He's still like replaying that over in his head. He's like, damn. But I'm the one that got you know, punished. Bailed me out too. Like it was bad. But Joe Miller could save me. He but I'm the one that I'm the one that I'm the one that got yanked. He didn't get yanked out of the game. I did. I mean, he was a senior and I was a junior. But I'm the one that got pulled. Which well, was the... that's why you know preferential treatment. I mean, you're a redhead, and uh, I'm a redhead. It's true. You're like redheads. I mean, I don't know. So I've got a bit of a scar. So that's look, I'm, I'm letting that one go. Look, in my mind, when I was watching the game with you, I was thinking to myself, why do people continually hold on special teams plays, right? And it's like, how can we not eliminate this? How is this something that we can't eradicate from like a functioning return team, whether it's punt or kickoff? Like, I don't think the guys are thinking, I'm going to hold, he's not going to see me, you know, but you just have this, this propensity when you get, when you grab onto something, not to let go. And it's all about that timing, right? I mean, you watched it. And it was a hold, but half a second earlier, if you let go, and right. it, so why do you hold anyway? Right, I don't right. Know. It's it's crazy to me. I can't tell. You. 
well, I hate that expression. I use it all the time. There were so many occasions in Buffalo, you know, the offensive line, if you look at the sideline, they all congregate right around the 25 to go up after a return, after right. a kicker return, huddle up. And then, you know, the, 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 the return goes to like the 45 and you're just like, there's a part of you that's so exhilarated, but offensive linemen are all the same. Like when I'm watching a huge play like that, I'm not watching the guy run into the end no, zone. You're watching for flash. I'm looking back <laughs> and I'm just just scanning the field, right? Because right. damn, oh, you run, you're like running out to the 40, and all of a sudden you're like, and I'm making a right turn. I'm going back to the 11 yard line. <laughs> That's hysterical. Did you get to play any special teams as, as a Buffalo Bill? I covered punts my rookie year. Yeah, did you cover punts? So the other one to me that's frustrating that I would love to eliminate are blocks in the back on returns. And it's just, it's always those just very subtle. It, and I don't know how many of the guys are diving. They just feel it and they and they dive. But that's another one too that for me, and it seems like the, the NFL goes on tears. They won't call it like, like they haven't really called it yet this year. And then all of a sudden there'll be five a game between both teams for the next five games. It just speaking of uh, flopping, I, um, I got a, I got an issue or retraction from our last show. Uh, I was contacted by the Cristiano Ronaldo team and they were uh, very upset about me saying Cristiano Ronaldo flops and plays it up. And they, what they did though, was they sent me a highlight film of Messi and said, you should have chosen Messi. So um, I'm changing over to that. No guys don't feel it. And then like, you know, go all theater on you. No. But, uh, why, why do you hold? Why, what's the block in the back? Fellas just, you know, if they've gone by you, let them go, right? I mean, we say that because we can re replay the film so slowly and right. we watch a replay. And but what happens like that, yeah, I mean, it's insane how fast the game moves. There wasn't when, much I, when, I, when I was a rookie, and you know, I thought the game was just incredibly fast, and we made it to the playoffs. and and some of the offensive linemen are like, here we go. It's going to get more intense. And I'm like, how does it get more intense from here? Are you kidding me? Like, it's going to get faster. We run a, we run a no huddle offense. We play, we run a play every 13 seconds. And you're telling me we're going to go faster than this. Yeah, I love that, man. Kept practices short. It was miserable though. When you're three and out like six times, that's the thing too, is like yeah. you're hanging your head on the sideline. You know, maybe that was a little bit of chase young. He's like, God, we can't even help our offense. Our offense can't help us. I mean, but at least we can make an onside kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember because I was on the opposite side of the television during those years, and I remember the announcers always talking. And it was almost like it seemed like they were waiting for that moment. They were waiting for the Bills to come out in the 90s and go three and out four times in a row so they could say, this is really putting hurting on their defense. They've been on the field for the last quarter and a half. And it's like, just yeah. shut up. Just shut up. Like, let it go. Well, again, you know, it's it's uh, I'm hearing a lot of talk about, you know, how where the teams are separating right now. And I keep saying, look, we're three games in really. Uh, and, and I want to revel in this victory. I think last week it's, you know, we beat Miami, who I hate. Mm -hmm. And and then uh, beating them convincingly and beating them convincingly coming off of a disappointing loss and performance by my people, my people up front who, you know, mean a lot to me. Uh, there's so, so much celebration now. I'm like trying to temper it a little bit, right? I mean, this was literally the division in the NFL last year where a seven and nine team went to the playoffs and won their division. We just played them. Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, how happy am I allowed to be? <laughs> you get that feeling, Joe? Sure. <laughs> it looks beautiful. Was it 43 to 21? And you're like, woohoo, wait, who do wait, wait, wait. 
let's make sure we beat the right people. That's the hard part. The Bills are holding opposing team quarterbacks right now to 189 yards. And the funny thing is we're back on to what went well because there wasn't much in this game to talk about that didn't go well. There wasn't much to necessarily quote work on, even though I'm sure there is, and they're going to be going back at it. But, yeah, they're holding the, – the Bills defense is holding quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks to 189 yards average. They've had five touchdowns thrown on them, and they've picked off the ball three times, which is pretty incredibly stellar. I did I don't have the completion percentage numbers, but – they're playing lights out. It's un, it's unbelievable. And when you play the Steelers and then you play the Dolphins, who are a dumpster fire, not as bad as the Jets, but they're a dumpster fire, right? That offensive line on the, on the Dolphins is really bad. They had a horrible time yesterday against the Raiders as well. And then obviously you get what you get from Washington. You want to be excited, right? I think what I think what I was most excited about yesterday is the the continuation of the defense. So I'm just still seeing it from the defense. And then just the return of Josh Allen. Yeah, and, and I never really returned to this, but I, I didn't focus on Matt Milano and and um, Edmonds as much because I was really focusing on that defensive front mm. four. When it became apparent that we weren't going to bring pressure from linebackers or or corners off the edge, how were they going to do? You know, we came up with zero sacks. They must not have played well. But if you go back and roll it back, the intensity on those rushes. You know, aside from a few instances where guys got tossed uh, on a couple of double teams and kind of got stoned in place, the intensity of movement and activity is, as an offensive lineman, that's just exhausting. Yeah, yeah. I love a guy that comes in, has one failed move, and then I just kind of get to hang out until the play's over. But these guys are are really (laughs) continuing to to work the hands, you know, and they're attacking different, different places on the body. You know, you get one guy who all he does is best move is bull rush. You get bull rush 95% of the time. Great. I can deal with that. But if I'm getting 30% attack on my inside shoulder, you know, and 20% uh, or 10, 10, 15% straight up on me. And then the remaining percentage on my, on my edge shoulder, you know, with a dip inside every now and again, I'm just like, God, oh, this is uh, this is aggravating. Yeah. It's and, a car- carousel. And that's what they're doing. And the activity is really high. So yeah, zero sacks, but also no help. We literally said, you guys are good enough that you will affect the game enough that mm. we will force this kid to scramble and try to make plays. And then we're about, we're banking on our linebackers and secondary to play terrific football. Yes, and that doesn't mean you don't, you know, they don't get receptions, but it was nice when they dropped it. I was very impressed with that. For sure. So all in all, this football game was, yeah, let's, uh, how, how do you temper your excitement? Right. So how, how do you not get super over the overboard excitement? But how do you also temper your expectations? Because now we're going to walk We got text the Texans coming into this into this uh, in the stadium this weekend. And it is Davis Mills, by the way, not David Stills. I apologize. Um, Stills was in the band, right? Uh, Stills, Nash and Stills, Young. Nash and Young. Yes. Um, so, but looking I'd like forward, to play him at quarterback. <laughs> looking forward to looking forward to this football game. 17 point favorites out of the gate and i know that that doesn't necessarily mean anything i mean they, they still got to line up and play that's why you know they play the games and any given sunday and all that good stuff and you you hope to god it isn't a quote-unquote trap game i don't know we've never talked about that if you believe in trap games where because who's next in trap doors but not um quicksand who's but you said something interesting yesterday and when you think about it it, it kind of aligns with the idea of a trap game what who's week five do you know um no I believe it's Kansas City. That's correct. And you, so you well, I think what you, so what you're saying is, are we looking past? Yes. Is it, are well, we heavily focused on what's going to happen in week five so much so it's like, well, it's just the Texans and they're awful? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm afraid of awful teams. Uh, right. 
the Pittsburgh is proving to be an awful team and we're, we, you know, we lost to them. We figured out a way to lose. That, that's why when the game plan works in the first quarter, you're set yourself up for success. Teams that are bad, mm-hmm. if you give them any life, then the, the momentum and the confidence starts to build over there and they realize, hey, we're, we're, we're just not a great team right now, but we're not this awful. And they keep a they keep a, a flame of hope alive. So I don't I mean individually, how do you you have to tackle that as a person? Um, and you can't speak for everybody. And sometimes bad teams play great and sometimes great teams play bad. So trap sure. game, I don't like thinking about it that way because people you hear it all the time. Oh, they were looking, they were looking at the, the upcoming game against the Chiefs. Well, no, they weren't. I mean, you just you're just not. You're not exposed to it. I mean, the only way to if you go in there in your head, there's a part of you that's like, oh, you know, I'm not concerned about Houston. I'm really only concerned about the Chiefs. That, that's no one ever said that in the locker room. True. So true. Uh, there, there's still enough to work on uh, the offensive line. The running game still needs work. Mm. And I, I think we're we're fortunate that we have leadership in the locker room and we have leadership at the coaching level that kind of kid, you know, you have to, you do have to maintain player focus a little bit too, mm-hmm. you know, you give them a wide berth, but you also have to be sensitive and you got to, you know, draw that focus in mm-hmm. and this might be, they might think that and nobody ever wants to be lose, lose and then be accused of it. So my guess is they they will have a heightened awareness of we're here right now, be here, be here, be here now. Mm-hmm. It's very good. I'm excited for this football game. I'm excited for all of them. This one to me, <clears throat> the opportunity to go three and one beaming with confidence into that chiefs game. So am I already looking past it? Probably uh, beaming with confidence and really getting things righted more improvement from the run game. And we didn't even talk about Zach Moss and Zach Moss is he's at the point now where he came in as a rookie last year, they were interviewing him and, you know, I like to make, tacklers make business decisions and we didn't see people make a lot of business decisions last year when tackling him he kind of got tackled a lot and this year he's punishing people as a runner and he played well yesterday and we haven't even talked about it. so to see that train continue to move and and kind of develop uh i want to see josh young come out with for what amounts to potentially be another preseason game and really continue staying sharp and then just put it all on the line for Kansas City. I don't know what's going on with Kansas City. I don't know if you caught up on, watched any of those highlights or watched that game at all. They had four turnovers. He threw three or four interceptions. I think he had two interceptions and two fumbles, but yeah, they, turned the, I, they turned the ball over a lot. I think, uh, you know, teams tend to figure people out. And I was kind of rolling over our last week in my head a little bit about what we saw from the 2020 offense as opposed to the 19 offense and how we're not seeing this play or that play. And I think it might be a little bit of, evolve before you get found kind of right. thing. Right. So there might be some of that going on. I, I, I continue to say that the, the running game, whereas it always doesn't always look beautiful and it doesn't look productive when we needed it, it was good. We have two running backs now that are kind of rolling in and out mm-hmm. you talk about Moss. Well, he was a rookie last year. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yep. If my memory escapes. Yep. Me. And if you don't see vast improvement from a, uh, you know, a, a, a rookie uh, draft pick from year one to the next, they don't, uh, the, the, other than the first round, the expectation is guys have to develop a little bit. Otherwise they would have been drafted in the first round. 
So there's an understanding of how the how quick the game is, how physical the game is, who you can physical and who you cannot. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of the moves that you used at Utah will not work in right. the NFL. Right. But that doesn't mean that you can't grow as a player and adapt accordingly. And he seems to be he seems to be doing that. I love the one-two punch. I do. I think yeah, uh, I think Singletary was good yesterday, minus uh one bad read that he had. Um and again, you know, it's funny because they always talk about offensive line. This is this is another thing that kind of we're like, hmm. They always, they always talk about, oh, the offensive line didn't open up the holes. Well, sometimes you're not looking for where the actual hole was. I mean, you know, you have to understand philosophy of play too. But a, n- a number of people, because they don't understand it, and it's kind of hard to grasp, you know, running backs should have keys too on various types of plays based on alignment. So Thurman Thomas you know, when when the play side defensive tackle was in a three technique, he knew that that play would always bend behind the center and guard left guard. But right. if the play side guy happened to be in a one technique, chances are that thing would hit play side. So, you know, understanding alignment, defensive movement and things of that nature based on the play and its philosophy of where it hits, that's kind of, that's really hard to get and add in that the game is going at a million miles an hour. Right, right. Let's do this. So we're going to wrap this thing up here in a second. I know that you want to talk about a specific play that uh, you feel everybody calls a pin and pull, but it's not. It's actually a zone play. However, I feel like we're going to have a little more time and ability next week to -hmm. talk about it. So maybe we can break that down and kind of bring some education to what people are seeing next week on that play because it's just I think we're going to I think next week is going to potentially be another one of these types of weeks where we get a lot of good to talk about, maybe not a lot of bad to talk about, and we, we could probably get into just some some of that play stuff for next week as far as that goes. But uh, any final thoughts, closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we were going to do shock, uh, chalk talk yesterday, and we forgot to do that. But yes, we, know, we we're, did. We're going to basically look at um, this defensive alignment with two different types of plays, you know, right. and talk about pin and pull versus zone variation. I'm excited for that. I, I really think that you're going to have a blue collar workaday attitude this week. It'll be closer. Then mm. I think most people think it's not going to be 17. Mm. I think it'll be 10 or 13. Nice. Wow. Um, the men have pride, and right now Houston's like rebuilding their pride. And well, they can't be happy about seeing 17 either, right? No, they can't. But yeah. I just, I just think that you, you know, minus a few teams historically, people rebound a little bit. And yeah, I think when sure. you, you know, they they want their jobs, and when things are going poorly, you're not just fighting for your team and for victories. You're fighting for your own job, right? Because when things are really bad, you're getting exposed in ways that kind of aren't even fair to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're being put in positions which are unwinnable situations, and mm-hmm. eventually, guys are just like enough's enough, and they all tend to respond at the same time. Gotcha. It makes uh, sense. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to uh, to watch the next game. I mean, I'm I'm more optimistic this year than I was last. Crazy. I think Josh is looking great. The, 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 the number one thing that has me over the moon is the defense. Right. That, that defense play. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. You, you might be booking flights for uh, a parade here in Buffalo there, boss. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really good. I totally uh, want to be the grandmaster of the parade. Like, you know. The guy, but the one from Animal House to lead everybody down the... You've got the personality for it. Lead, lead them up Pearl Street into a dead end. <laughs> you've got my... When the band just, like, crashes into the wall and keeps crashing into the wall. You've got my vote. Like, I, absolutely. Yeah. 
<laughs> Final thoughts. Bills win. Um, continue to look for them to play, to game plan appropriately for their opponent. Yeah. Everybody's supposed to do, but executing on that game plan. And I'm predicting um, three and a half sacks by the wow. defense. Nice. One interception. Josh yeah. throws for uh, two, but we run for three. Nice. A little flip of the script, more uh, more consistency and more building of that run game. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into watching uh, live or listening to in podcast form, the Off Tackle with John Fina show. I'm your host, Joe Miller, with, as always, John Fina, the star of the show here on Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, but uh, we're so excited that you guys join us and tune in. Again, tune in next week. We're going to do some chalk talk next week with John, talk about some plays that you guys see all the time that maybe you're not necessarily seeing the way that it needs to be seen. I want to, I'm trying to bait, but not give it away, if that makes any sense. Uh, but yeah, next week, join us at nine o'clock. Uh, every single week, join us at nine o'clock. But with that, my name is Joe Miller. That's John Fina. Go Bills. Go Bills.
First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.